Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Hello and welcome to Bible Truth for Living. This is Pastor Tim Reynolds. Today's message is titled, It is Time for America to Bless God. Psalm chapter 33, beginning with verse 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations." And verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. In the fall of 1938, World War II was just beginning to ramp up. Fascism and war was threatening in Europe. A man by the name of Adolf Hitler would soon cause chaos throughout Europe and eventually the entire world. But there was a man living uh, in America who actually was born in Imperial Russia and moved to America at the age of five, and his name was Irving Berlin. Irving Berlin penned what some consider is a second national anthem of the United States, and it is titled, God Bless America. It goes like this, God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans white with foam, God bless America, my home sweet home. Uh, Many probably did not know that that was written by a man who was born in Russia and then ends up moving to America and penning that famous song, God Bless America. Well, we have recently celebrated another Independence Day, and we saw those three words, God Bless America, emblazoned on t-shirts and hats and flags and cups and various things, and that's all wonderful. Presidential speeches often end with those words, and may God bless America, and that is great. But I think we need to ask the question, is America blessing God? You know, we seem to want the blessings to flow one way. God bless America, but not the other. Is America blessing God? Well, I think it's time for America to bless God. There are some encouraging signs that have come out of recent Supreme Court decisions in regards to uh, the abortion issue and prayer issues, and those are all wonderful. But we have a long way to go to say that America as a whole is blessing God. In Psalm 33, I think we have the essentials for America or really any nation who is going to bless God. And so as we think of our own country, for America to bless God, we must return to the Word of God. God's Word is perfect. There in verse 4 of the text that I just read says, "...for the Word of the Lord is right." Now, the media pundits, they think they are right. The performers, the entertainers, they think they are right. The politicians think they are right. And even a lot of preachers 
think they are right. They claim to know what is right for America. But I can tell you this, it is God's word that is right. Let God be true and every man a liar. You see, I believe we need leaders in the congressional house, in the White House, in the church house, and even in your house and my house who will do what is right according to what God's word says, not what popular opinion says, not what the culture says, but what does God's word say is right. You know, we'll have a blessed nation that not only is blessed by God, but will be a blessing to God if we will follow that prescription. Listen, please, to Proverbs chapter 14. And verse 34, the Bible says, righteousness exalteth a nation. That means it lifts it up. It builds it up. But sin is a reproach to any people. Now, we must ask ourselves, is America a righteous nation or a sinful nation? I think we would all have to agree as a whole, our nation is more sinful than it is righteous. But righteousness will exalt a nation. And I believe that begins in the house of God and in the house of God's people. Let us not complain about the culture and the direction it is going if God's people are not doing what they should do. The Bible says judgment begins in the house of God. And so that is truly the case. Proverbs 29 and verse 2 is another one. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Well, that's true in a home, that's true in a church, and that is true in a nation. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Do we want righteous people in leadership or do we want sinful and wicked people in leadership? We get exactly what we deserve. And I believe the Bible says, if you want to bless God, you must rely and return to his word because it is perfect. But God's word is not only perfect, it is also plain. Back in our text of Psalm 33 and verse four, it says, and all his works are done in truth. Uh, beloved, I believe there is a desert of truth in our uh, culture today in America. We uh, very rarely see truth uh, in, in the American media, in American education, in American entertainment, and even in American government. We don't see truth all of the time. But God's word is an oasis of truth. Everything God does, everything God says is founded in truth, and it is plain truth. You know, you, you hear of things have a spin to them, or people will say, this is my truth. Well, I, this is what I think. This is what my truth is. No, God's word is truth. His word is complete truth, and it is plain truth. It's plain to understand. Let me read a scripture to you from Psalm 9 and verse 17, and tell me if this sounds plain enough. It says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Now, I don't think that you need four years of seminary training or a theological degree to understand what God is saying there. He says the wicked will be turned into hell. The wicked would be anyone who does not receive the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her savior. You may be a good moral person, but in God's eyes, you're wicked if you reject his son. And he says it's that way for all nations that forget God. We have forgotten God in our nation. Uh, God is rarely seen in our schools and in our government institutions. We want to be blessed and we want to be a blessing. Let's get God back into these things and uh, that will turn the tide. So God's word is perfect. God's word is plain. And then God's word is powerful. 
Back to Psalm 33 and verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. You are not a product of evolution. That, that godless theory has been taught in our government schools for decades, but it is a false theory. It is not backed up by anything other than man's imagination. God's word says he spoke. There is power in the word of God. He spoke everything into existence. It goes on to say in verse 7, He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. See, it's the word of God that spoke the worlds into existence. Now, why do the evolutionists not believe that? They, they choose to not believe it because they don't want to be held accountable to a holy and righteous God. When you say there is a creator, you all of a sudden then make yourself part of his creation and you become accountable to the creator. So the evolutionist says there is no God, but God's word says the fool has said in his heart there is no God. You try to get rid of God so you have no accountability, and then you can say what is true to you, and the culture begins to collapse, and we're seeing that in our world today. But I'm telling you, God's word is powerful. The very breath that you and I breathe comes from God. Our very existence is dependent upon the powerful word of God. Hebrews 4 and verse 12 tells us that the word of God is powerful, it's sharp, more than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide asunder the very thoughts and intents of the heart of man. And so the word of God is powerful. So for America to bless God, we must return to his word. And then number two, we must run after his will because God's will is dominant. Listen to verse 10. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. You see, man without God has to depend upon something for his own counsel, for his own advice. And what does he have to turn to? Well, his own reason, what he thinks is right, or his experiences, or his emotions. But these things will not and cannot stand the, the test of time. You say, well, this is what I feel. I feel this is what is true. No, feelings has nothing to do with it. Our emotions, our experiences, our own reason. Without God, all of man's counsel amounts to nothing. Proverbs 14 and verse 12 says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways thereof are nothing but destruction. Uh, see, uh, that is the counsel of man. It seems right. That sounds like the right thing to do. But the Bible says also in Romans chapter 1, the generation that neglects God becomes foolish. They profess themselves to be wise, but become fools. And so without God, uh, we don't know where to turn. His will is dominant, but his will is also determined. God's will is going to be done. Listen to verse 11. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. I like the fact that God's will is determined. Here's what that means. It means that God's will does not change with the political winds. As the political winds blow liberal and progressive, God's will doesn't change. As they blow more conservative, God's will doesn't change. As the cultural trends change and fads come and go, and we've seen that over the years, how things, everything from fashion to music and everything else, these things, they change, they fluctuate. But God's will never does. It is determined. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
What God said was sin 500 years ago is still sin today, and it will be sin 500 years from now. God doesn't care what the culture says, what the educational system says, or even what the liberal preacher says that won't follow God's word. He says it's sin. If God says it's right, and this is what works, what worked a thousand years ago will work today, and it will work a thousand years from now, because God's will is determined. And then God's will is desirable. We should desire God's will, not only in our lives and in our families, but in our nation. Verse 12 says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Now, just because we sing God bless America and we wear patriotic clothing and and we salute the flag, and I think you should do all of that, that is fine, but that is not automatically going to cause God to bless America. God isn't going to bless America just because we're patriotic. That has nothing to do with it. God wants to bless America, but he also desires for America to be a blessing to him. Notice the, the, the caveat there, the condition. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, which implies then cursed is the nation whose God is not the Lord. What do you think the God of America is right now? I mean, as a whole, for the entire nation, I think we've made a God out of money and materialism. We've made a God out of self and humanism. You see, these things, when they become a God, you can't be a blessed nation and look at yourself as God or your money or your materialism or your education. But when you say God is the Lord, I'm going to trust him and his wisdom and his insight. Well, then you can go somewhere. Uh, what about our leaders? Do you think all of our leaders in the White House, in the, in the Congress, the Senate, the House of Representatives, even in state and local government, are they all following God? Well, I would say not. Not all churches are following God. But boy, you get a you get a preacher that's following God. You get people who are following God. You get a you get a, a governor, a representative, a, a, even a president who begins to seek God's will and to follow after Him. Boy, you'll have a nation that will turn the tide and will be a blessing to God, and it will be a nation that God can bless. And then the third thing I think we need to do if we are going to bless God is we must remember that God is always watching. Now, we tend to think that God is upstairs and he's just sort of preoccupied or he doesn't really care. He's not concerned with what's going on. And when he sees sin in the world, he just sort of blows it off and says, well, that's just the culture of the day. But I want you to know that's not the case. God is watching. And number one, he is watching to take assessment. He is assessing, which means he is keeping record, keeping account of what is going on. Listen now to Psalm 33 and verse 13. The Bible says, the Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. The word considereth means he takes it into account, he records it. Don't think for a moment that God is not taking note of the abhorrent, immoral behavior taking place in America today. Man might think he's getting by with it, but there is only pleasure in sin for a season. 
God is keeping record. There's coming a day when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And every person must give an account to God when they stand before him. He is keeping record. He is keeping account. You might think you're getting by with it. A nation may think that it's getting by with it, that God's not paying attention, or by saying God is not real, that that somehow excuses them. No, God is keeping account. He's keeping record. And one day he will judge sin. And uh, he, he does that by assessing what is going on. Now, here's another thing we must understand, and that is that God is attentive to those who are following him. He is assessing those who are against him and who do not acknowledge him and are not following him, but he is also attentive to those who are still sticking with the stuff and are still following him. Listen to verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. Now, someone says, I don't believe you ought to fear God. Well, you're a fool then. The Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is fearing God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge. Uh, Fearing God means you have a reverential respect for him, knowing that God gives and God takes away, and we ought to fear him. And he says, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. You see things going on in our world today and you watch the news. I tell our folks frequently, watch the headlines and then turn it off and go about your day because you'll get depressed and discouraged and even fearful if you watch too much news. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But God is paying attention. And I want you to know something. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he's going to take care of you. He's taking note of those who continue to fear him, that continue to hope in him, and he promises to deliver them from death and famine. You say, boy, look at the economy, and we're going to go into a, a recession. Look at the inflation. Look at the, the the price of gas, and they're talking about food shortages, and it goes on and on and on. But if you're a child of God's, you don't have to worry. God's paying attention, and he's going to take care of you. Here's another wonderful scripture, and it's, it's right close to what we're reading. It's in Psalm 37, and listen to verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. That means, and that could be man or woman, that means that God is directing your walk. He's directing which way you're going and what's going on. Though he fall and troubles will come, Jesus himself said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He says, though he fall... He shall not be utterly cast down. That means though you you have trouble, maybe you have financial trouble or health trouble or family trouble, though those things will come along, you're not going to be forsaken. He says, I promise to never leave you nor forsake you. He'll not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. You're in good hands with God. You know, there used to be a commercial, I think, for uh, an insurance company. You're in good hands uh, with Allstate. Well, no, you're in good hands with God. He upholds you with his hand. And then David says this. I like this verse, verse 25. I have been young and now am old. So David apparently is writing this in his latter years. 
When David was young, man, he was vibrant. He was anointed king as a young man. He slew the giant Goliath as a young man. And of course, he went through a lot of turmoil. He, he committed adultery and murder himself, had all kinds of family problems. But as he went through that, here he is as an old man. And he says, I've been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. David says, through it all, through the, all the ups and downs, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. He takes care of his own. I like Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, he won't supply your wants. We all want all kinds of things, but he's going to provide our needs. And Jesus even said, you know, if you have food and clothing, you shouldn't worry about anything else. He takes care of the sparrows and he takes care of all these other things, the the lilies. He's going to take care of you and me. And so we don't have to fear. So I want to ask this question as we close the, the broadcast. Do you want God to bless America? I do. I pray for God to bless America. Pray that every day. Absolutely. God has blessed America. And for all of its flaws, I would rather live here than any other nation in the world. Uh, You know, people will complain about this country, but I don't see them uh, having problems at the border of uh, these communist nations. You think of North Korea and China and Russia. People aren't begging to get into there, but they are here. Why? Because this is a wonderful nation. Many of us have been in the military and have defended this nation. It's, it's the greatest nation on planet Earth. We certainly want God to bless America. But listen, I also want America to bless God. I want to not only ask God to bless America, but I want to ask, is America blessing God? Well, we'll be a blessing to God if we do our part. And I shared those parts with you today. The first thing is to return to the Word of God. That begins in the home and and at the church. Are we preaching? Are we reading? Are we teaching the word of God? Number two, we must run after the will of God. Are you seeking your will or God's will? You know, many times we seek our will and then we want God to get on board with whatever that is. No, we should say, God, what is your will for my life? What is it that you want me to do? Who do you want me to marry? What job do you want me to take? Uh, what, should I spend this amount of money? Those are things pursuing God's will. And then I think also to bless God, we must remember that he's watching. He's taking account. Uh, don't worry about it. He, he's taking a record of those who reject his son. And uh, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Our job right now is just to share the gospel and to share the love of Jesus Christ, but know that judgment's coming. And he is also uh, very attentive to those who are following him. He's going to uphold you in his hand. He'll not let you go hungry. He'll not let you go without. Yeah, times may get tough, but he is there for you. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And if we want God to bless America, America needs to bless God. And may America bless God. Well, that closes up our program today. With the time I have left, I want to uh, thank all of those who support Bible Truth for Living with your gifts. Uh, Many of you support us on a monthly basis, uh, some uh, on a periodic basis. If you would like to be a blessing to us, and boy, I tell you, we've had some people who've been a real blessing. Uh, We we have one uh, family that uh, supported us and uh, really gave a a very unexpected and very uh, appreciative gift to our program to help 
help us to pay for radio time. And, and many folks do things like that. And I want you to know it's very much appreciated. It goes directly back into the, the uh, radio ministry and the podcast ministry. Remember, not only are we on the radio twice on Sundays, but these messages go on the Bible Truth podcast that's available on any podcast platform. You can search for it at Bible Truth uh, Podcast, Tim Reynolds, and you can listen at any time, whether you're mowing the yard, taking a walk, uh, cleaning house, whatever. So all of those uh, supportive monies come in, and it goes directly to help us to have these ministries. And I want to thank you for that. If you appreciate the truth of God's Word being preached, being taught, and made available uh, consider a gift. You know, don't take it away from your own church. That that belongs there. But if you're looking for a, maybe a local missionary to support, uh, you can write to us at Bible Truth for Living, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Include your best gift, maybe a note, maybe a prayer request or a Bible question, whatever. Uh, include with it, and uh, we would certainly appreciate it and want you to know that. Also, if you do not have a home church to attend, I would like to invite you to Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We have Sunday school classes for all ages that begin at 9 o'clock every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock morning worship, and I preach in that service. And then Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, we uh, we'll be preaching in that service as well. And then Wednesday night, Bible study at six o'clock. And all of those are available on social media. If you go to Facebook, you can like the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple page, find all of our services online that way. Uh, you can also come in person at 817 Woodland Drive in Mount Vernon. We also encourage you to find us online at mountvernonbaptisttemple.com. You can also call 618-244-5404. We offer bus transportation. Uh, for those with wheelchairs and, and uh, walkers. We have a handicapped bus also for children and families. And if you would like a ride to church, you can contact us. And then at Waltonville Community Church, we begin every Sunday morning at 11.15 a.m. And we're located at 321 South Hiron Street, right across from the Waltonville Cafe. You can find us online at waltonvillecommunitychurch.com. You can also call or text for a ride if you're in the Waltonville area at 618 315 Thank you so much for being a part of Bible Truth for Living. I look forward to being with you again next time. Until then, this is Pastor Tim Reynolds saying, may God bless you is my prayer. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois 62864. Thank you for listening.